everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. How's everyone today? Y'all doing great? I'm doing well myself. Today we're using emojis to go through the entire New Testament. That's right, in less than 30 minutes because my attention span goes nuts after 30 minutes. We're gonna go through the entire New Testament. I enjoy posting on social media. I post, you know, on Instagram and Facebook. And so much of my humor, if you'll learn something about me, is sort of ironic, it's uh, satire. In other words, I like to make people feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Many of my posts are humorous, but a lot of people think, they're real, that I'm really thinking about that or doing that when in reality it's humor. It's just me. You might think of me, I don't think you think about me a lot, but when I'm up here, you might think of me as a pastor and an author, and that's true, but there's another side of me that you probably don't know. I am a hip-hop artist. Did you know that? (laughs) I am, I am. I'm just waiting for a call from Bad Bunny or Dr. Dre or Eminem to do a collab, but I still haven't received that call. So thinking about this whole message using emojis in the New Testament and just thinking about my sense of humor, it's sort of dry many times, and thinking about how ironic this this could could turn into, I thought, well, I'm going to drop another hip-hop song at Fellowship Church this Sunday. Now, I want you to laugh at this. I'm going to give you permission to laugh. The dress, the vibe is, is complete satire. Do you understand that? The message, though, is supernatural and timeless. So, I want to drop this brand new single entitled... What the New Testa meant. Those with ears, let them hear the New Testament today. It starts with four writers who had lots to say. This fantastic four had different views. They're the God Quad Squad who spread the good news. They were four accounts, but agree as one. They're Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They told us about Jesus, the one who coached the team, a ragtag group of 12 who followed his dream. He was friendly with sinners and the scum of the earth, but saw inside each one to the center of their work. He's star of the show, the man of the hour, the door to light the shepherd with supernatural power. Life change was common, just ask his squad. Every miracle performed, he was God. He preached so many sermons, it's hard to really count. Like parables, beatitudes, and sermon on the mount. Information, demonstration, and above all, application. Words in red, it's what he said. On a piece of wood, he gave his all and paid a price. The debt we owe, he paid the 
the sacrifice. They nailed him to a tree and he took his final breath. But the third day he arose and conquered sin and death. Then Jesus went up, the Holy Spirit came down to empower and guide and let God's presence abound. The disciples went out and the lost came in. The church got his start and God's movement began. Then a call was made on Saul who had a fall and became Paul. He had no writer's cramp cause he wrote letters for us all. Christ, faith, grace, glory to God were his themes. If they'd been around, Paul would have used means. Factory creation says the book of Revelation. Earth and heaven, they will one day be made new. Jesus will return in the coming tribulation on a white horse when God sends his final cue. Jesus was the most unconventional, essential, credential, consequential, providential, influential man, quintessential to ever walk this globe. From start to finish, he's the greatest story ever told. Thank you. It just shows you that someone with subpar talent as a singer and rapper can look great when you're surrounded by the right people and writers and storytellers and videographers. Hey, you can watch and share what the New Testa meant on youtube.com slash Ed Young. I still can't believe we use emojis so much. I use them, and I found myself using them more and more after I talked about emojis last time. Last time I went through the entire Old Testament using emojis. Emojis communicate better than words, a lot of people think. In fact, 70% of people feel as though emojis connect better than some text, which, I mean, I know we text emojis, but we love emojis. So over the next 20 minutes and 51 seconds, I'm going to use emojis as we go through the New Testament. I wanna give you the meta-narrative of Scripture, the meta-narrative of the Bible. The Bible is a story, and the story is basically Jesus is the hero, the devil is the villain, and the message is Jesus rescues. That's the Bible. And as we look at the Bible, specifically today, the New Testament, you're going to see yourself, past, present, and future. We've been reading through the entire Bible, the chronological Bible. We finished the Old Testament, and we're starting the New Testament, so I would love for you to join us in this journey. About 15 minutes a day is all, and you can read through the entire Bible. And we're doing it chronologically, which is... Uh, Really, really cool. The Old Testament, as we discovered last time, is 39 books, 28 authors, written over a span of 2,000 years. The New Testament, 27 books, nine authors, written over about 100 years. The Old Testament is all about predictions. Will God come through on these predictions? The New Testament is about God fulfilling most of these predictions. Of course, some will not be fulfilled until the 
the final chapter until the credits roll and we spend eternity in heaven. The Old Testament is important, focuses on God's people. The New Testament focuses on the person of Jesus. The Old Testament talks about the wrath of God with a little bit of grace sprinkled in. The New Testament talks about the grace of God with a little bit of wrath sprinkled in. The Old Testament talks about God's chosen people. The New Testament talks about the only thing Jesus ever built, the church, the church. And thank you for being at church. I know we have a lot of people who are watching online. But let me tell you something straight up. If you're physically able, please come to Fellowship Church live. I remember when we had to shut our church down because of COVID for a while, Lisa and I worshiped online and it's, 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 not like, it's not like being in the house. It's sort of like swimming with your clothes on. I'm not saying that we swim without clothes. I'm saying you wear your swimsuit. Please, some are going, what? No, no, no. You know, so show up to church. Old Testament, New Testament. Old Testament, New Testament. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. The Bible says this about itself. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. People sometimes say, I wish God would speak to me. Well, he has. <laughs> the Old Testament, the New Testament. The Old Testament is the Old Covenant. The New Testament is the New Covenant. The first emoji is the good news. Let's talk about the good news because the Bible is a book of the good news and the New Testament is a book of the good news. The gospel means good News, news that we can use. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four horsemen, the gospel writers. The Holy Spirit used them, used their personalities to pen the gospels. It's like if you're watching, let's say, a documentary about one person, and then you see another documentary about the same person, another and another. That's sort of what the gospels are like. Matthew's documentary was written primarily to the Jews, Mark primarily to the Romans, Luke to the Greeks, and John kind of universally. We know that Matthew owned a thriving accounting business. And back in the day, the bean counters, they could do this shorthand that was unbelievable. It was better than most of our apps you know, we have these apps where you can speak into them and it'll write. I mean, he was like that. And you can see the Gospel of Matthew, how organized it is, like someone who is an accountant. John Mark, we know about him. He was a young guy. Luke was a physician who wrote to the Greeks. And as you read the Gospel of Luke, you can kind of feel like a, a doctor, a surgeon is sort of writing that. And then, of course, we have, we have John and, and, and uh, you have basically the, the Gospels. The Gospels talk about the person of Jesus. Now, this is hard to comprehend. No one can get this, even though, you know, uh, you think you can, you can't. The smartest minds ever have grappled with this, and they don't understand it. God sent Jesus 
because our greatest need was forgiveness because we're, we're sinners. Jesus was fully God and fully man, 100%. I don't understand it. I can sort of get my mind around it, but not totally. The person of Jesus, Jesus had emotions like you and me, but his were perfect. He got angry. He laughed. He cried. He was drained. He had to, he had to grind it out. In so many ways, Jesus is our sympathetic savior. Jesus also drafted a dream team, the disciples. Have you ever heard of a guy named Tom Brady? Anyone? <laughs> Here's Tom Brady's scouting report before he entered the NFL. Poor build, skinny, lacks great physical stature and strength, lacks mobility and the ability to avoid the rush, lacks a really strong arm, can't drive the ball downfield, does not throw a really tight spiral. He's a system type player who can get exposed if forced to ad lib. He gets knocked down easily. That's the greatest football player arguably of all time. The disciples read like Tom Brady's scouting report. A ragtag bunch of people, blue collar, white collar, bad language. Some had type A personalities. Jesus is picking these cats. Yet they turned into spiritual Tom Brady's, didn't they? Jesus met all sorts of people. The Gospels talk about this. He met with Zacchaeus, the IRS guy. He met with Nicodemus, Nick at night. And he told Nick at night, hey, you must be born again. He met with a rich young ruler. He talked to crowds from all sorts of backgrounds and he welcomed the kids. He would say things that kids could even understand. The person of Jesus. The Gospels also talk about the power of Jesus. Jesus worked miracles. His first miracle was at a wedding. He turned H2O into Merlot. He had the Hebrew happy meal, fed 5,000, one happy meal. He healed the sick, the blind could see, cast out demons, brought people back from the grave. Miracle working power. How about the preaching of Jesus? Two-thirds of everything he said was about stories. Stories, 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 stories. Whenever I speak, I, I try to tell stories. The story, as I said earlier, the meta-narrative of Scripture. I try, I attempt to see myself in the story, and I try to put you in the story as well. When I talk to people and they maybe mention a sermon, they never say, oh, I like your outline or I like that video. No, no, well, here's what they say. That story you told, that story, that story. The style of Fellowship Church, we're a biblically functioning and biblically communicating church. So we take the story and we take a page out of Christ's playbook and we deliver it that way. Jesus used things that were common to his day. He used like a sower, a fish, 
A piece of bread, some water. His culture, oh, I connect, I connect, I connect. If you ever get bored at church, don't blame God. Blame the communicator. Because God is not boring. Jesus preached. He taught. And then everything pointed to the cross. He died on the cross for our sins. And because he was 100%, right? Because he was totally righteous, death couldn't hold him down. He conquered the grave. So those of us who know Christ personally, we will, when we die, resurrect in a new heaven and a new earth, ultimately. But on the cross, the Lamb of God spilled his blood for your sins and my sins. Then he rose again. In fact, everything in Christianity, everything rises and falls on the resurrection of Jesus. After the resurrection, Jesus appeared to many people. At one time, he appeared to 500 people. Hey, lawyers, how would you like that case? You talking about evidence that demands a verdict? Wow, 500 different witnesses. It would last longer than the O.J. Simpson trial. That was a little, a little laughter for those who were 45 and over. <laughs> See, the bad bunny, that thing was for the young people, you know, and then O.J. Simpson trial. Some were like, who is O.J. Simpson? Google it. You know, you might have seen it on Netflix, that, that, that documentary, I think there's one, about him. Speaking of documentaries, have you ever been enthralled in maybe a Netflix show? It might have five or six seasons. And you're so freaked out. You have so much anxiety, you go, I'm gonna skip to the last episode and watch it and see how it plays out. Have you ever done that? I have. And I'm like, oh, that's what happens. <gasps> and then I watch the other seasons, but I know what happened in the end. That's what we have in the Bible. We know what happens in the end. We've seen the final episode. And we win. Those of us in Christ, because we've received the good news, we when? The thing that's interesting about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is the fact that it, it, it demands a choice, a response from you and me. Several years ago, I was whitewater rafting in the Snake River with some friends of mine. It was kind of stupid because we whitewater rafted when, when it was almost, well, it probably was too dangerous, yet we went out with this guide, and this guide was like, I'll take care of you, but he said, now, if, if, if you get thrown out of this raft, he told us what to do, he said, you only have about a minute. He said, if you're in major rapids, you know, it's a serious situation, but he told us all of the protocol and what to do if that happened. So here we are, we're like, you know, paddling, you know, everything's cool, we get through one rapid, another, and we're approaching these other rapids. He's like, dude, this is bigger than I thought. Stay in the raft. So we're paddling, paddling, and all of a sudden I look back and over the roar of the white water, a friend of mine is thrown into the air in the midst of these rapids. And this guy, you know, he's one of these guys that said, oh yeah, I can swim, but obviously he couldn't swim that well. He was on his back like, with water was, you know, spewing out of his mouth. And I could tell, man, the, the guide was serious, so he stopped 
pivoted, somehow paddled near him, and he held the paddle out. He goes, grab the paddle, grab the paddle. And he tentatively, he goes, no, grab it. Grab the paddle, pull the paddle. Then this guy grabbed my friend by the life jacket, life vest, and just drug him in the boat. He was saved. What if that guy had refused the paddle? What if my friend, what if he said, you know what, don't grab me by the life jacket, I'm fine. I can negotiate these rapids by myself. We would have lost him. I just described to you the gospel. A part of this meta narrative. The main part is, it's our response. The God of the universe has extended the paddle. You either grab the paddle, and then you grab onto his arm when he pulls you in the raft, or not. But we see throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament this, this rescue story. So the next book I want you to highlight in the New Testament you'll see the fire, the Holy Spirit of God. Let me talk about the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a bridge book from the Gospels to the rest of the New Testament. The book of Acts. Jesus said, I'm gonna send you a comforter. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. Jesus went up, the Holy Spirit came down, the disciples went out, and the lost came in. That is the strategy of the church. Let me say it again. Jesus went up, the Holy Spirit came down, the disciples went out, and the lost came in. The church, you're talking about fire, was and is on fire. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit after Christ ascended. And in Acts chapter one, verse eight, the Bible says you will receive Power. The word power is dunamis. We get the word dynamite from it. You remember good times, 45 and over. Jimmy J.J. Walker, I love that guy. He would do like this, dynamite. That's what it means. You'll receive dynamite, the literal presence, the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is God, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit is a divine being. The Holy Spirit has a mind, emotions, and will. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives the moment we ask Christ to infiltrate our lives. And the Holy Spirit works from the inside out to produce supernatural fruits. He gives us unique gifts. So we have the indwelling, don't miss this, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that starts at salvation. We have the filling as we're sanctified. And at various times in our lives, we're filled by the power of the Holy Spirit to do this or say that. So the Holy Spirit is coexistent and co-eternal with the Father. Three and one, one and three. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We can't understand it. There's a lot of things about God we cannot understand. No one can understand the Trinity. And there are people, and there have been people who are 10 times smarter than you who have grappled with this, and they still don't get it. 
The best illustration of the Trinity is take a piece of key lime pie. Oh, no, no, just take a whole pie. I love key lime pie, the real deal, key lime pie. Take the whole key lime pie and slice it into three pieces. Well, the three pieces are separate, but they're still part of the pie. That's the Trinity. That's as good as I can do. Are you feeling me? Are you working with me? The Apostle Paul, man, hated Christians. He killed Christians. He was brutal. He was saved on that Damascus road. I'm talking about the Apostle Paul. He went after the church. Yet he did a 180 and became the man of the church. His salvation experience, the sea change, was absolutely supernatural. So Paul goes out on three missionary journeys and he starts all of these churches. Then he decides to write letters to the church. That's a part of the New Testament. You'll see letters written to churches. Then he writes letters to his squad, to his posse, to his homies, to his buddies, whatever you want to say. Timothy, Philemon, Titus. Then he writes the book of Romans. The book of Romans is the Magna Carta of Christianity. Did you hear that? It's the Magna Carta of Christianity. What, what's it about? Scripture alone, Christ alone, faith alone, grace alone, to the glory of God alone. I just summarized Paul's writings. I just gave you just a, the quick flyover of that. There are other authors in the New Testament. Simon Peter, major type A personality. He was all over the place. But he became one of the most courageous people of all time. James, John, we move on and on through the New Testament. So you have the Holy Spirit. You've got the church. You've got the letters. And speaking of the church, the church began... If you, if you want to know when the church began, the church began in the book of Acts. It began right there when the Holy Spirit came down. Simon Peter preached. 3,000 people were saved. 3,000 were baptized on that day. Now and then people will say, hey, Ed, I really like Fellowship Church, but it's just so big. I go, well, you're not going to like heaven. because heaven's gonna be a big place. And you'll find out as you read the New Testament, the only thing that Jesus ever built was the church. There are a lot of good things out there that we can get involved in, all sorts of projects, all sorts of political movements, all sorts of things, and that's great, rah, rah, rah. All those things, as good as they are, they're not the church. That's why I have given my life to building the church. Christ followers want to build the church. Christ followers are about the church. It's the bride of Christ. Now, husbands, work with me for a second. Can you imagine if you just saw your, your wife once every six weeks? Can you imagine if you didn't you spend any money on your bride? 
I don't think that would work that well, do you? Yet I meet people all the time, oh, I'm a follower of Christ. Really, really, really. Where are you in church? Um, oh, uh, well, I went, I remember that series, Ed, you did, and I'm thinking that was four months ago, my man. So you're telling me you think because you prayed a little prayer that you're gonna spend eternity in your mansion in heaven, but you won't spend at least one Sunday a week in God's house? Math doesn't work, does it? So the New Testament is about the church and it's about the bride of Christ, the church. It's about you and me because we are the church and it talks about the implications of it. Then finally it moves to the final chapter, the recreation. That's the book of Revelation, not Revelations, not Revelations, Revelation. John on the Isle of Patmos wrote the book of Revelation. He had just this eschatological view of the end times and forever and ever. People are discovering more and more dimensions out there. And heaven is a real place. Heaven is not gonna be a place. I think sometimes people think it's just gonna be choirs and cumulus clouds and organ music. No, no. Heaven will be a place where we're continuing to, to use our gifts and abilities like we've never even dreamed possible. It'll be a place where we see color like we've never seen, emotions like we've never felt, yet all perfectly as we worship and as we bask in the glory of God. So the Bible starts out with the creation. I'm talking about before the fall of man. It ends with a new creation of heaven and earth. Have you reserved your spot in heaven? I mean, is there a mansion in heaven with your, with your name on it? Should be. I mean, your name should be on the mailbox. God is waiting to, to engrave it. But again, see, you have to grab the paddle and allow him to pull you in or not. Have you made that decision? Because the New Testament, the death, burial, and resurrection is the evidence that demands a verdict. What's your response? Well, that's the New Testament. That's it. We've gone through the entire Bible in two Sundays. We've seen the flow, we've seen the narrative. I pray that you've seen your life past, present, and future. And I pray that we would continue not only to read what the Bible says, not only to have all this information, but also to apply it and to live it out in this short stint we have on planet Earth. The New Testament. I'm glad you know. And I'm glad I know what it means. Would you pray with me for a moment? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for 
for our great church. I thank you for your word that speaks to all of us. I thank you for this opportunity that we have just to do a quick flyover of the Old and New Testament because God, I'm guilty of getting so focused on the, on the minutia that I miss the big meta narrative of it. I pray, Lord, if you're here, God, I pray if there's someone here and you've never, ever, ever asked Christ to come into your life, that you would just say, Lord, I see how you're extending your love and your grace to me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. And right now, I grab the paddle. I, 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 I Lord, am grabbing onto your forearm as you pull me into the raft. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. And at this time, right now, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. It might be you. Others of you, you're like, you know, I've not really gotten serious about God's word and his truth. It's time for you to begin that daily discipline of beginning to read through scripture. The Bibles are available to you at all the campuses. Others here, maybe you've been treating the bride just flippantly or casually as opposed to lovingly and intentionally. Father, thank you for Jesus. What a beautiful name. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.